We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, this is Dirk Nowitzki, and you listen to the MAPS Step Back Podcast. Let me step back for a minute, tired of the gimmicks, see we just focused on winning. Ball in the airline center, we bout to get litty. Luca carrying a torch, Borden jumped up on the porch. How you reckon with his force? Third season in the game, and he a legend by his fourth. Look, after dirt, now the king of Dallas. Airline serving as the palace. Young team, and it's full of talent. One revenge, we accept the challenge. Luca carrying a legacy. What it take to be an MVP? Being great, know it cost a fee. Know it really ain't that hard to see hold on wait silence the critics cause they never did it pass out jordan i woke up the city map shoot hot like we straight out the chimney go back to batman i'm calling them drizzy more triple doubles i'm waiting on 50 step back smoother you know it's so filthy if i get down on my team gonna lift me Rep the map, step back, overcame the setbacks, starting where we left at, know we gotta get back, know we gotta get back. Rep the map, step back, overcame the setbacks, starting where we left at, know we gotta get back, like know we gotta get back. Let me step back for a minute. 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 How's it going, everybody? Welcome into another episode of Mavs Step Back Live. I'm your host, Dalton Trigg. I'm joined, as always, by my co-host and DallasBasketball.com colleague, Matt Galatson. Uh, it, it hasn't been too long. Uh, we're back less than 24 hours later uh, after Donnie Nelson. Uh, it was reported that they mutually parted ways, uh, Donnie Nelson and the Mavs, but, I mean, in all reality – he got fired. Uh, and then today we have the the shocking news. Like we didn't think that Donnie and the Mavs would part. We definitely didn't think that, that Rick Carlisle and the Mavs would part ways, at least not right now, you know, maybe when his contract was up. And sure enough, uh, Woj drops a bomb that uh, Rick Carlisle resigns, even though he's got two years left on his contract and he's gone. And I think it was uh, Brad Townsend, I think it was Brad Townsend, if, if somebody wants to correct me on this. I think he's the one that reported that Rick basically resigned out of out of respect for Donnie. Uh, so, man, uh, just drama after drama every day. <laughs> every day this week for the Mavs. It has been nonstop. Uh, and Rick Carlisle's gone, so 
what was it, 13 years he's been with the team. Uh, obviously, yep. he he helped the, the Mavs win their first championship. Uh, but, you know, it's been a decade since then, and the Mavs haven't won a first-round series, and there was reports of a rift between him and Luka. And, I mean, look, if you watched – if you watched uh, Luca's body language in that series with the Clippers, I mean, you could tell there was a little bit of something there. Like he he wasn't happy with some of the decisions that that Rick made about lineups and when he sat him and when he took timeouts when he didn't need to. So there there was definitely something there, and. I mean, it's like with the Donnie thing. Yeah, there's a part of it where you're kind of like, man, this is kind of scary because this is two huge moves, uh, two huge changes that the Mavs have had in back-to-back days. But I think it was time, Matt. Uh, I, I, I see this as a positive going forward. It's a new era. It's a new. Uh, it's a chance to make a new name for themselves. Yeah. Um, I said this right after the playoff loss that I wanted all of these things to happen. And they finally happened, so I'm a very happy person. I mean, I just we're I talking can't. About the, we're, <laughs> we're talking about the dysfunction that had been present, especially over the last um, last you know few months of the season. Uh, Tim McMahon went on the Low Post podcast today, and I just saw this on Twitter. These are the bullet points. Uh, thank you for to Michael Mulford for listening to this and and putting this on Twitter so that I can talk about it. Um, these are all the things that Tim McMahon pointed out of the low post today. Mark Cuban makes all of the basketball decisions for the Mavericks. Bob Vulgaris is incredibly arrogant. He rubs people the wrong way. Vulgaris held meetings without Donnie present. And Luca yelled at Rick during a timeout of a game. Who's in charge, you or Bob? Yeah, that's bad. <laughs> that's not good. It's bad that, and, and, and I mean, Cuban made that situation. He created that situation that that they were in there. So I get it. I get why people are still in. We were talking with our buddy Kirk earlier uh, from Mavs Moneyball, and he he was basically he's not as optimistic about it, uh, just because he doesn't think anything's going to change with Cuban. But I mean. Maybe at this point, maybe this is why they're using that firm to do the GM search and everything. Maybe he's actually willing to listen to somebody else at this point. I mean, it would be great. It would make me feel better about it if we had confirmation that Bob Volgaris was, you know, he wasn't coming back. There's conflicting reports about that. Kevin O'Connor said that he had heard uh, that, that Volgaris is out as well but he didn't say he was reporting that. He just said that's something he had heard, and uh, we haven't gotten a definitive answer on that one way or the other uh, the last couple of days. So I don't know what's going on there. I feel like with all this, all these reports about how arrogant Volgaris is and nobody in the organization seems to like him, and uh, I, I just, especially Luca, I just don't see how you keep him after both Donnie and Rick are gone now. Like, you, you need to just completely clean house at this point. <laughs> yeah, and I, I think the other thing that um, you also have to do is you can't hire anybody from inside the organization. Mark, uh, sorry, Michael Finley would be a disaster of a GM hire. Um, 
you you obviously can't promote Bob. I would love to bring in Dirk to do something, but they can't have anybody connected to Mark Cuban who will listen to Mark Cuban if they're going to rebuild this franchise. They can't make Jamal Mosley the head coach. They can't. I, th- do I disagree with that one. I no, agree with they. Can, they can no. They cannot have anybody that will listen to Cuban if they're going to get out of the hole that they're in. They just can't. They just can't. Cuban doesn't have a say in you know lineup stuff and that that's where the vulgarity problem is. came in. So what's to stop Cuban from walking down to Jamal Mosley and said, "Hey, I heard we should play this lineup. <laughs> play this well, lineup, or you're fired." If Volgaris is gone, then you don't have to worry about that. Is my point. But here's the thing: I like I for the big picture stuff in the organization. I agree with the Finley thing. I I don't know. I mean, I'd be happy for Finley. You know, just personally for him, I'd be happy for him if that happened. But I I don't necessarily want him to be you know, the the GM after Donnie either. But I'd be perfectly fine with uh, Jamal Mosley being the coach because the biggest thing here going forward is that the Mavs still have Luka Doncic. You know, that's the biggest piece to all of this. So I'm not necessarily sure it matters, you know, what caliber of coach you hire now as much as it matters, you know, how well that coach gets along with certain players or with any players, really. And that's one thing we know about Jamal Mosley is everybody loves him. Uh, you saw it when he got his first chance to uh, step in and be a head coach uh, when they played at New York and they beat the Knicks. So he's officially 1-0 and <laughs> in his NBA uh, coaching career. But you saw how they treated him after that game and how happy everybody, how genuinely happy everybody was for him. So I'm not saying he's the best option uh, the Mavs could go for at a head coaching position after Rick. But like I said, given Luca's style of play and given, you know, how good the team is going to be just because of the fact that they have him. Uh, I, I don't think it necessarily matters as much about the X's and O's stuff as it does about having a coach uh, that gets along well with players. And uh, like Tim McMahon said, on the I think it was the low post, said that, uh, you know, Rick Carlisle had kind of a problem uh, managing personalities, different personalities on the team and everything. I don't think you'd have that problem with Mosley. And that goes a long way towards team chemistry and, you know, not having any animosity and all that stuff throughout a season. So I would be perfectly fine with with Mosley, you know, standing in as head coach, at least for the for the next year or so and just see how it goes. But that's just my opinion. Well, here's my thing. I don't think Jamal would be a bad coach. I don't think that um, – I, I think he's a very smart guy. I think he's good at what he does. He doesn't have experience as a head coach – managing egos and players. It's one thing to be the assistant coach where you're not the top guy and you're not in charge of the day-to-day and you're not the one that's always, quote-unquote, the bad guy. You're not the dad. You're not the CEO. It's 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 like with football. The most popular guy on the team is the backup quarterback. You know, it, once you become – once you ascend to that level, things change. We don't know if he's going to be able to to manage those egos. We don't know if he's going to be able to to go night in, night out, 
um, going up against coaches like Pop and Scott Brooks when he lands somewhere because he's a damn good coach and he needs to get hired somewhere. Um, on and on, on and on the list goes. But you have to you have to consider that hiring a guy who's never been a head coach before is a major risk. It's one thing for <clears throat> Steven Silas to go to Houston where it's a complete dumpster fire and they're completely rebuilding from the ground up. But, but see, you don't Matt, do that when you have a superstar. But see, Matt, here's my point. You you said that about Mosley going up against guys like Pop and other play, uh, other coaches like that. But in the in the only game this year where he stepped in as head coach, you know, he went up against the this year's coach of the year in Tom Thibodeau. So, and, and the Mavs won because I mean they have Luca. So, <laughs> so I don't think that necessarily matters as much when you have a guy like Luke on your team. I mean, it matters to a certain extent. It matters have a guy, in the postseason. Well, I mean, you would think that, but, I mean, I'm still I'm still certain that Rick Carlisle is a better head coach than Ty Lue. I just – I believe that to my core. So and, – and the Clippers ended up winning. So, I mean, that doesn't mean that Ty Lue is a better coach than Rick. Uh, you know, that's where you get into the roster stuff and uh, the team, uh, whoever ends up being the new general manager is going to have to do a better job building this team around Luca and having an influx of talent. But uh, I just I just don't think it matters as much. I th- that's what matters the most is what I'm trying to say is whoever they hire uh, as the next GM and president. Uh, more so than who who is the next head coach. That's why I'm just banging the table over here for Masai Ujiri. I don't know. I mean, I get it. They're hiring this firm to, you know, check out all their options and to make recommendations, and then they'll go from there, as Cuban told me last night. But, man, it just, it just seems like with Ujiri's contract coming to an end this summer with Toronto – and he hasn't signed an extension or anything like that with them. And now the Mavs have this opening, and they have uh, the best young player under 25 years old on their team. <laughs> Arguably, you know, he's, he's been All-NBA first team two years in a row now. I mean, it just seems like the stars have aligned for that to happen. And I don't know how Ujiri himself feels about it. I don't know if, if he would even want to work for Cuban. But – it just seems like a really, really great situation. Seems like it would be a win-win for both sides, and I just hope that you know. <laughs> I hope this firm that they've hired to look into all this, like the first results from that, that come back, it's like, yeah, you should probably start by calling Masai Ujiri. <laughs> just, just see what he says. But I mean, like Fish has been saying, if they don't come back and suggest that is the first option that this is the guy you should look for, they should be fired. And look, I mean, again, we don't know how Masai feels about it. He seems to be perfectly content in Toronto, at least up to this point. And it's not, you know, it's like Raptors ownership. It's not like Mark Cuban could outpay them. I mean, they've got tons of money. (laughs) They could also offer Masai a huge bag, but, it's just up to him. I mean, I don't, I don't know that he'd want to change the scenery or anything, but I just know that's my personal preference. That's who would be, you know, in my opinion, the perfect transition from the Donnie era. So that's what I'm hoping for. It may not happen, but man, uh, just, just a, 
just a whirlwind of news in the last 24 plus hours. Uh, just really didn't think, I mean, we knew there had to be changes. We knew after that athletic article dropped that there was dysfunction and uh, going into this pivotal, everybody's called this a pivotal off season for the Mavs. And it is, it's very important. Uh, it's, it's an off season that can define, even though I'm not worried about Luca and, and signing this next rookie extension, the $200 million extension, this is one of those summers that could define whether or not or how hard he looks at other places by the end of this next contract. That's how important this offseason is. So that it is kind of scary because now, you know, we, we knew there needed, needed to be changes, but now Donnie Nelson and Rick Carlisle's gone. Uh, Bob Volgaris should be gone. It should just be a clean slate. We'll see how Mark Cuban does rebuilding this front office. And man, hopefully what they, the moves they make in the coming, uh, weeks or days, I don't know how fast they'll do it. Hopefully it's enough to, uh, finally put the Mavs over the top when it comes to their, their, uh, off season misfortune, especially with free agency. The draft doesn't matter because they don't <laughs> they don't have any picks yet unless whoever the new GM is uh, goes out and trades for some. But uh, I just I'm I'm cautiously hopeful right now. I, I feel like I feel like this is a good thing. It's shocking. Uh, there's a lot of uncertainty, but I'm I'm glad it's over with, and I'm glad we can start looking forward uh, and completely rebuilding this franchise around Luca. It's really exciting stuff. Yeah, totally. I mean, I've been I've been wanting this for for quite a while now. It's look, there's nothing worse than I think it was Cuban that coined this phrase. There's nothing worse than running on the treadmill of mediocrity. And especially when you have a superstar. You know, the, the Mavericks have done that for the last <clears throat> decade, really. Uh they did it with Dirk after the title. And now they're, they've been doing it with Lucas. So you have to bring in a whole new group of, of eyes and a whole new group of, of minds and, and all that stuff to, to kind of kickstart this thing and get it going in the right direction. I mean, look, we don't know if Masai Ujiri is going to leave Toronto. Uh, I do know that Danny Ainge doesn't have a job, um, at the moment. So you could look that way. Um, you know, maybe you throw a giant bag at Scott at a, at Sam Presti. I mean, there's a whole different, you know, set of ways you could go with this whole thing. And that's, that's kind of what's the most exciting thing about it is there's not just one guy. Yeah. And another name, one a, which is definitely him, but there's not, if if it's not him, it's not the end of the world. Another name that I heard floated out there today. And this is not like, I'm obviously not reporting anything, but I've just, I've seen that, you know, floated out there by some interesting, some people that I respect is uh, Jerry West. That would be something because <laughs> well, we saw what he what he did with the uh, the Warriors and then for the Clippers, and obviously he's older. Uh, but that was an interesting name that I saw floated out there. So, um, and let's see. Oh, somebody in the chat just said Shane Batty. Yeah, I saw somebody. Uh, offer that name up yesterday too i wouldn't be opposed to that either 
Yeah, I, I feel like Shane – I have a lot of respect for Shane Battier, and I feel like he's a guy – I feel like that would be a similar hire to Phoenix hiring James Jones. You know, you have a guy that's young and uh, really good with other players and everything. I, I wouldn't be opposed to that at all. Has a connection with Goran. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yes, he does. <laughs> you know, that's another thing too, Matt. And one of one oh five three, the fan, they posted an article today uh, talking about just how deep the dysfunction was, and supposedly other front offices around the league, uh, they were just kind of like, kind of. I wrote. What's that. the word? Oh, you did. Yeah, it, I mean, it was just an aggregation of Cato's article in the Athletic where he talked about the same thing. But yes, I mean there's there's dysfunction around the league. I mean, in, in, within the office in the front office because people around the league didn't know who to talk to. They didn't know who was making the decisions. They didn't know if if Bob was making the decisions. They didn't know if Donnie was making the decisions. <laughs> and they would negotiate. They would begin to negotiate a trade, and they would get one story from Bob and one story from Donnie. And that way. that's. Basically, I mean, I think we agreed on this. This was what we think happened with the Dragic trade. It has to be because they didn't give us any explanation for that. They just said, oh, it was just a misunderstanding. Well, (laughs) it obviously wasn't a misunderstanding between the Mavs and the Heat. It was a misunderstanding within your own organization, (laughs) with your own guys who are supposed to be making these decisions. And really, I mean... Honestly, Matt, do we really think that Donnie Nelson was the one who was like, "Oh no, I don't want Goran Dragic." No, I don't. No, no, Not that was that was one hundred percent vulgaris that that caused that one. Right? No, I, I, <laughs> maybe we've been too hard on Donnie over the last few days, but it, it, it's beside the point, you know. At this point, <laughs> um, and I don't know if anybody can hear my dog drinking water in the background like a camel. But uh, Gus is amazing. He can do what he wants to. He is. He's an old man. He's he's earned it. <laughs> um, but no, I mean, th- those kinds of things are just inexcusable, and they're embarrassing. You imagine, like imagine, given given what I've heard about Vulgaris over the last few days. Like I said, it it hasn't been confirmed. Uh, there's been conflicting reports that you know we haven't confirmed that he's not coming back. But after what we've seen, after what we've we've read these last few days and heard, I mean, there's just no way they can bring him back. Not only does not only is he arrogant and supposedly like everybody in the organization doesn't really like him, uh, but also you have these you have these little tidbits of information like. We, we connect the dots with the Drogic trade that he uh, pretty much, I mean, you can connect the dots and say he's the one that was like, no, we don't want Drogic. We would rather have Derek Jones Jr. and Kelly Olenek, to which the Heat were like, uh, no, that's not what we agreed on. <laughs> and the trade fell through. Then uh, the reason they didn't want Drogic supposedly was to save cap space for that 2019 free agency. And then they whiffed that's hard them there. covering for themselves. Yeah, and then they so they whiff hard there, and then Volgaris was the one who pushed for Delon Wright. So, I mean, come on, <laughs> you, right. imagine how different the postseason for the Mavs could have gone the last two seasons if that trade would have gone through. 
Like, it's just, it's crazy to think about because that's exactly what they needed, especially in the bubble <laughs> was another, mm-hmm. was another surefire creator and a guy who has great chemistry with Luca and, you know, Goran Dragic, he's, he's what I would call a 16 game player. You know, you have players who are just kind of so-so in the regular season. And then when you get to the postseason, they take it to a whole new level. That's what Goran Dragic does. He is a playoff player. So that would have been your your biggest upside to getting him, and maybe they'll do something this summer and finally make up for it. But man, it would have been great to have to have had it happen two years ago. <laughs> he he could have been 2011 JJ Barea. Yeah, yeah, yeah better. <laughs> but the, but, they were just, better but the Mavs were just playing games. Oh, and uh, Andrew Bentley in the chat here. He said Tim Tim McMahon uh, in a radio interview. Just had an interesting coaching suggestion that is available. Uh, hold on. Interesting suggestion, and it was Terry Stotts, who, you know, uh, is no longer the Portland Trailblazers coach. So that is interesting. I uh, it's interesting, but I think it's, it's too close to the – I'd like if they just didn't go with the Rick coaching tree. Yeah, former Mavs <laughs> assistant, Mike. Get out of here. Oh, the chat's blowing up now. They, oh, they're so mad. No. <laughs> no, no Terry Stotts. Okay, sorry, guys. Oh, man. Well, that, would, I, that seems I guess, like a very Cuban thing to do. Becky Hammond? I mean, honestly, I wouldn't be opposed. No, I mean, I mean, she's obviously really good at her job. She's basically Pops number two. Anybody, anybody that you know, some I'd I'd rather take somebody from the pop coaching tree than the the Rick Carlisle coaching tree at this point. One hundred percent. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over three hundred and fifty million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Okay, so just branching off of this, we've talked about We've talked about Rick. We've talked about just general front office stuff. But let's just focus on the the Mavs head coaching vacancy now. I have a conspiracy theory. Kirk did not like it. I don't know if you replied to it or not. I haven't checked yet. But I, I've been all over the place today. I probably did. Understandable. Everybody has. It's crazy right now. But so Damian Lillard supposedly wanted Jason Kidd in Portland. And then Jason Kidd was just like, no, nah, I'm, <laughs> I'm not going there. What if they hired Jason Kidd, who I, he's not, he would not be my first choice 
as a head coach because everywhere he goes, he's like a tyrant and it's ended badly. But just hear me out. If Dame wanted him so bad in Portland and Jason Kidd said no, what if he signed with the Mavs and then you have a situation where maybe Dame requests a trade to go to Dallas? <laughs> the play this is like him. ultimate Dalton galaxy brain. Like I'm ready. I am Harley, in prime Harley form. Day, Pepe Silvio type stuff. <laughs> I'm ready to go, Matt. I mean, th- these last two days <laughs> have altered my perception of reality as I knew it, and I'm just on a whole new level. I'm ready to go. So, <laughs> I, don't, I don't. I don't think we need to be talking about the head coach yet, because I think at least if Cuban's smart. He'll hire the GM first and let the GM choose his own coach. Yeah. So I, but, it really depends on who the GM is because I'm sure, depending on who's in charge there, I'm sure different, you know, different personalities have different preferences and all that stuff. So that'll play a role in it. But that being said, if your scenario does happen, the Mavericks could put 10 players, you know, 10 roster players, doesn't matter who they are, how much they get paid, around Luka and Dame, and they would score 197 points a game. (laughs) (laughs) Screw defense. Who needs defense? (laughs) We're saying, you know, uh, the Utah Jazz, they have the the defensive player of the year, and uh, they're getting torched by the the Clippers without Kawhi Leonard, or at least they did in game five, so... Yeah, who needs defense? Just uh, <laughs> just score as many points as you can. Uh, but look, another another name that I really like, and I know there's mixed there's mixed opinions on him, but I really liked what Kenny At- Atkinson did in Brooklyn uh, before before they turned into the uh, basically the Heatles. <laughs> Because uh, he was really good with young talent, like there was, they had good chemistry. He's not a he's not a great X's and O's guy, but he didn't really have star power when he was coaching the Nets either. So, I feel like having a guy like him, and then him finally having a a star to coach that he didn't have in Brooklyn, uh, I feel like that would mesh well. That's just my opinion. I'm not just I'm not dead set on anybody right now, but I'm just kind of looking at, at potential fits, and I feel like he would be a, a good fit for the Mavs if they chose to go that route. But like I said, I mean, who knows what's going to happen in the next few days? Do you have anything against? Well, let me ask you this: Do you have anything against Kenny At- Atkinson? No, I, I don't have. It. I don't think there's anything wrong with Kenny Atkinson. I, I think. I think that. <laughs> I don't know much about Kenny Atkinson. Christian, Um, hold on, on Matt. Matt, Christian in the chat just said (laughs) that Cuban would want to hire Jake Paul. (laughs) He's not not wrong. He probably would hire Jake Paul if he thought it would get clicks. Um, No, I mean, look, this all starts with the GM. So let's see who they get for GM first. We could yell at each other about GM for the next hour, I'm sure. But there's, I, I know when when they fired Donnie, 
And they did fire him, people. Read Cato's article. They fired him. I, I trust Cato's word over Cuban's word any day of the week. Cuban's the one that, that came out and quote-tweeted Cato's article and said, this is complete bullshit. And then two days later, the head co- later the head coach is gone and the GM's gone. Yeah. So let, let's believe Cato. Okay. But he was fired. So there's – and people came out and you know, saying, like, who are we going to get this better? Who are we going to get this better? We could go out and hire anybody in the league and give them a massive contract if we if we recruit them right. I mean, we we said a couple of the names earlier: Shane Battier, Masai Ujiri. Um, you know, the I I just said his name five minutes ago. Uh, Sam Presti, Danny Ainge, Jerry West. Like there, there's a there's five guys right there off the top of our heads that they can go get. And when they get that guy in place, then they can start worrying about the structure of the roster the head coach and all those different kinds of things. But until then, this is the most important job search in frankly, the history of the Dallas Mavericks at this point. And look, the, the reason, the reason I say I'm cautiously hopeful is, you know, we know how Cuban is. We know how he is. He wants to have all the power. Even if he puts people in certain positions, he has the power to overrule anybody. You know, it's why Giannis isn't a Mav right now. Uh, it, it, but that he hired this other firm to to put together names and you know to lay out the facts for him and just kind of have somebody else figure out who would be the best fit. That's what gives me a little bit of hope to where it's like, okay, maybe he's he's realizing that he needs to change. You know, he needs to listen to somebody else for once instead of who he thinks he needs to hire. Uh, you know, maybe before this, he was thinking like, oh, maybe Volgaris can <laughs> eventually get into a, a, a Mavs GM role. And then it's like, all oh, this came out, and it's just like, okay, maybe I'm like very wrong, and I just need to listen to somebody else. That's my hope. It, may, it might not happen, but, I mean, I, I really hope that it's kind of like a, like a come to Jesus meeting now that all this has happened and maybe it'll turn a new leaf and we'll be looking at a dynasty here in the next five years. Yeah. You just got to get the right guy in place. Um, I mean, I just saw somebody mention his name in the chat and it's obviously a, a complete long shot, but why the hell not? Daryl Morey. That's another one. That's another. Ooh, I like it. You know, Philadelphia is a little bit of a, a weird thing right now. So, you know, why not? Like, just go out and, and find someone who's going to command respect and power and put the organization back on track. I agree. <laughs> I know he's not... staying in Philly, Zach. I'm just saying, like, we need to <laughs> we, we, we need to we need to look that big. I'm just using him as an example. There shouldn't be a single GM in the league that is off the table for Cuban's consideration. He should be able look, to try people, and get look, whoever he wants. People, People are saying the same about Masai Ujiri, too. Like, oh, why would he leave? But, I mean, guys, this it's I get it. There has been front office dysfunction. Cuban is still there no matter what. But other than Cuban and, you know, potentially Michael Finley, this is pretty much a clean sweep of the front office and the coach. And they have Luca, who's 22 years old, already one of the best players in the world. I mean, it's it's a great situation going forward, despite 
what's happened in this, you know, uh, this past front office that's now dissipated. So I don't think we can say for sure, oh, this guy definitely wouldn't consider this. This guy definitely wouldn't. I, I don't think that's the case. I feel like the Mavs are in a pretty good position and anybody would look at this as a as an opportunity to enhance their resume because it doesn't matter. I mean, look, it doesn't matter who eventually gets hired. The Mavs are still probably going to win a ton of games just by having Luke on their team. But somebody who is interested in like adding championships to their resume and potential and looking at this current roster and saying, man. If the if this team just had like a few a few better pieces around the edges this year, last year, maybe they get past the Clippers in the first round. And what happens after that? You know, this isn't this roster. It's not. It's not like it's going to take a ton to get them where they need to be because Luca is just that good. You just have to have somebody who can who can see the vision there and realize, okay, this could be a really good thing for me, and come in, make the moves necessary, and next thing you know, Mavs are a title contender before Luke is even 23 years old. Well, um, Fish just released an article um, 32 seconds ago. He put it on Twitter. If anybody wants to go follow him and, and check it out, at Fish Sports. Um, source, Mavs superstar Luka Doncic would endorse Coach Jamal Mosley as a Carlisle replacement. Yeah, so, he, he loves Mosley. Yeah, I just I worry about a head, bringing in a head coach to manage a superstar who has no prior experience doing so as a head coach. Um, but look, can we talk about something else? Go for it. Can we talk about all of Maybe we'll get in trouble for this, so you can say no. But can we talk about all of the Mavs mouthpieces who have been bashing people on Twitter over the last... Oh, man. Really, the last two years, (laughs) just defending every decision, calling people out for for being upset with these decisions that have been made. You know, Rick, you know, going after people for wanting to fire Rick, going after people for wanting to fire... All of these things. No, it's it's not just... It's not just that, Matt. And look, I, just out of respect, I'm not going to mention names specifically. But if anybody who is like fully ingrained in Mav Twitter, you'll know, you'll probably know what we're talking about here. But <laughs> like, you had one tweet six days ago saying that uh, saying that Donnie Nelson, there was like no chance his seat was super cold. He's not getting fired. Uh, he was kind of brash about it when he was saying it, and then sure enough, uh, Donnie gets fired. And then you have another guy who used a clown emoji and said something about, you know, uh, it was a reference at a Jake Fisher article uh, saying that Rick Carlisle might entertain the Milwaukee Bucks job, and he was just acting like it was just impossible. Rick Carlisle's not going anywhere. And sure enough, Rick Carlisle is gone now. (laughs) I mean... Maybe maybe don't be pricks about it online and unless you just know for you know one hundred and ten percent that nothing's gonna happen. Because then, you know, you come back multiple days later and it makes you look really dumb. So Do you know why we not just us, Fish, um, you know, Kirk, Josh Bo, 
all these people, do you know why we're better at our jobs than those people are? Because we're not, yeah, Christian just said it, we're not company men. We're objective. We analyze and we we give our opinion based on fact. We're not biased. And that is the biggest difference. And that is the kind of thing that drives me crazy. You cannot be in sports journalism and be taken seriously if you're biased like that. It is a complete and utter joke. And today is a, is a fantastic exam, example of what of if you do that, you will look like a fool. Yeah. And Dalton, you might be the most the most um what's the word? Yeah, I'm be be for? careful with your words here. No, no, no. This I'm, I'm giving you a compliment. <laughs> You, you might be the, the biggest Mavs fan for a Mavs reporter I have ever met, and you might be the most <laughs> optimistic person I've ever met, but that doesn't stop you from being objective. Right. It stops these people from being objective. And it's – look, it's one thing it's, – it's why you have to separate – you have to separate – it's not to say that those people don't don't contribute something that's valuable because they do. I love listening to to broadcasts, and I love reading certain pieces and stuff like that. But you have to you have to know if if guys are getting money, you know, from the Mavs themselves that they're not going to be one hundred percent objective about stuff. You know that <laughs> when money gets involved, things get a little bit tricky. But you know, it's like we talked about the other day. We both love Donnie Nelson. You know, we, we both like Cuban, but and they've both been on the podcast and everything like that, but that doesn't mean that they're immune to criticism. If if the if their job isn't if their job isn't being done the way the people who pay to go to games want to see it done, if, if that makes sense. <laughs> you know, because uh, people pay them a lot of money. Uh, to go and watch these games and to see the product they put out on the court. And when they just kind of brush off uh, fan reactions to stuff and they just say, oh, no, we're the smartest people in the room. We're going to do whatever we want to do. And it's just, you know, 10 years without a playoff series win and all that. It just kind of it kind of made everybody come together. And I've never seen so much pressure put on the front office than I have these last couple of weeks. And I'm not saying it's, it was the complete driving factor in what we've seen these last 48 hours, but I do think there's something to be said about media pressure. I do think it makes some sort of difference that you had everybody coming together saying, like, look, something's got to change. <laughs> like, we can't keep going on this uh, on this same path that we're going, and uh, things aren't going to end well if we keep doing it. So. Kudos to everybody for just kind of hopping on the same uh, the same bandwidth there and uh, putting the pressure on. Like I said, I, I'm sure a lot of this stuff was a thought even before we, we did this, but it was good to kind of see everybody come together and be like, okay, enough of the company lines, enough of the we're going to be aggressive this summer talk and exit interviews. Like, go out and do it. Like yeah, either get <laughs> get somebody else in there new, or actually go out there and do it. Like we're so tired of hearing the same thing over and over. If I if I had to go through one more summer of Donnie saying we're going to be aggressive and we're going to chase stars, and Rick <laughs> Rick saying like we really like the draft picks we got, you know, Sotnam Singh is going to be a great addition to this lineup in a, you know 
down the road, blah, 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 blah all this stuff. Like I, I could not, I just could not, I could not. Yeah. It, it got very, it got very old, very quick. And it didn't, it didn't help that the last couple of trades that were made after the Mavs got Luca just turned out, <laughs> just turned out kind of bad. Uh, you know, they got Tim Hardaway Jr. The Tim Hardaway Jr. trade turned out okay. Uh, they still got to figure out what they got to do with the tax they got uh, from that trade. You know what I mean? But anyway, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I don't know if that's as bad as the, the Josh Richardson one, though. I mean, I feel like that one that one's even worse, and it's not even on the same – like power scale as a Kristaps Porzingis trade, but man, McMahon, that was bad. McMahon tweeted out something. I think it was yesterday. Um, about about Seth Curry, he said, uh, "Seth Curry has thirty four points in this game." I guess you know they were playing last night. Yeah, and then uh, <laughs> Josh Richardson had thirty four points in the entire seven game series against the Clippers. <laughs> It just makes you want to cry. Oh, my God. That was so bad. And look, somebody mentioned James Johnson, too. You know, the big signing, the big signing was, I mean, yeah, they signed Seth. But, you know, they also, they they it was a sign-and trade for uh, DeLon Wright in 2019. So Who they started packaged, exactly one game. Yeah. <laughs> they, and I think that was in New Orleans, was it not? It was like the it second game. It was the first game of, game of the season. It was the first yeah. game of the season. Or the second, first or second. Anyway, I was in attendance for that, and DeLon Wright played great, and I got irrationally confident about DeLon Wright, and then it just went to crap. But anyway, so their biggest, arguably their biggest offseason addition, at least from what they said, uh, they end up packaging him in a three-way trade with Justin Jackson. They end up getting James Johnson back. James Johnson was supposed to be Luca's protector, which that was a big blown blown up thing. Luca doesn't really need a a protector, as we found out. <laughs> but you know, they get him; it doesn't work out. So they they just do like a panic move at the trade deadline <laughs> for JJ Redick, who was damaged goods, and they they likely didn't know that when they traded for him. I'm sure there's a lot of stuff that is, that contributed to. Uh, you know, what we've seen the last couple of days. But, man, how disappointing has that whole sequence of events been since 2019? <laughs> it's like every single step they've made uh, branching off of the, the DeLon Wright stuff, it just blew up in their face. Every single thing that they've done since the failure that was the Dragic trade. Everything I can't argue with it. Karma. Everything after it was karma. And Christian in the chat here, he he said uh, Trey Burke three years, twelve million. Which after you know, given uh, we had recency bias, but after his bubble performance, we were like, oh my god, that is such great value for Trey Burke. Wow, <laughs> only only four million a year for Trey Burke, and now this year's just like, oh my lord, can we like cut this dude? <laughs> it was it was bad, but man. I'm just, uh, like I said, I'm optimistic about the future here. I don't know who they're going to hire to take over uh, in the in the front office and then who they're going to hire to be a head coach. But I do have a good feeling about Josh Green's playing time next year. I will say that. 
I feel like he'll have more of a chance. And, you know, he has a full off season. He'll be in summer league. Uh, you have Tyrell Terry, who I – honestly, even with all the stuff that Tyrell Terry has gone through, I still believe in him too because, you know, you don't have a guy like Kevin O'Connor who – I mean, I don't agree with everything KOC has to say, but he made a very compelling argument uh, before last year's draft saying how Tyrell Terry could end up being the steal of the draft. And I don't think it's going to be to that point, but I do think he has enough there to where he can give you more than what, you know, what the Mavs got out of uh, at least Trey Burke this past season, or maybe even Jalen Brunson at some points. You know, I, I feel like there's a chance that he could really become something. So I'm excited for both of those guys and even Tyler Bay. I mean, I, I really thought that they knocked it out of the park with that draft class last year. I was so excited about it. And for whatever reasons, it just didn't work out. But it was a it was a weird year. It was a super short offseason. They didn't have summer league. So it, it, things are going to start getting back to normal now. And I think it's going to be nice to have a, a breath of fresh air, a new voice. You know, uh, people are going to be connected. I, I kind of feel like the guys tuned out Rick a little bit throughout the season. Uh, you know, whether that was an in, indictment on him or not, you know, some guys just kind of run their course. And we talked about that with the uh, uh, the Golden State Warriors, the Light Years pod guys, our guys Sam and Andy when the Mavs and Warriors played earlier this year. And they were kind of shocked when we were saying that, that, that Rick may have just run his course. And sure enough, I mean, it, it just happened. So it, it happened. You know, he's a great coach. He'll be hired immediately by somebody else. That's not going to be an issue. But when guys stay in a certain place for so long, you just kind of stop listening to them as, as much as you would would have in the past so i'm excited for the new blood i'm excited for a new beginning it's the start of a new era so we'll we'll see what happens in the coming days and weeks rick's going to boston write it down wouldn't shock me at all that was like my immediate thought too i was like oh yeah so (laughs) so uh danny ains quit and then they moved who was boston's coach i always forget his name brad stevens they move Brad Stevens, they promote him, and he's not coaching anymore. And so as soon as the Rick news broke, I was just like, yep, he's probably going to the Celtics. <laughs> that would make a yeah. lot of sense. Or he'll go to the Bucks and make some people look kind of stupid. He'll but, go somewhere. I would love for him to go to the Bucks just for that. But Who would have thought? Um, if that happens, who would have thought that in the year in the 2021-2022 season that Rick Carlisle would be coaching Giannis Antetokounmpo and it wouldn't be in Dallas? <laughs> Man, that just like that just like hurt my heart. <laughs> Imagine how I feel. I spent 2 years pipe dreaming that and then it just all fell apart. But you know, uh, I think that's the next step for the Bucks if they end up losing this series to the Nets. I think they'll fire uh, Budenholzer. Buden, I can't even say his name right. Coach Bud. <laughs> they'll end up firing him because that's the next, you know, step for them. But I think it's really more of a – and I don't want to say this to be harsh on Giannis, but he's kind of a flawed superstar. Uh, many people have said this over the last few days, but he needs somebody 
uh, to initiate and set him up more than, than what he's currently doing. So they'll try the coaching thing. They'll fire coach, Bud, and they'll try somebody new, but eventually it may get to the point where Giannis realizes like, okay, maybe this isn't working out here. And they're kind of locked into their current roster now with Chris Middleton and drew holiday. Maybe they make a change somewhere down the line. And if they do guess what the Mavs have Kristaps Porzingis making a tidy 31, $32 million a year. <laughs> All right. Let's not talk about Giannis in five years. <laughs> let's get to ne- let's get to this off season. Oh, it's not five years. This is going to happen like by the trade deadline. Oh, that you think it's going to be at the trade deadline? I don't know. I, I'm I, I'm kind of okay, delirious. Okay. okay, I don't know. I, I think I think this is a good stopping point. We're yeah, I think so. Okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna go down this rabbit hole and. I'm going to start talking about how Kawhi Leonard is immediately going to sign with the Mavs. There we go. Perfect. (laughs) All right, guys. We appreciate y'all joining us. We're going to cut it off there for now. Uh, Two days in a row. So we hope (laughs) – we unless unless Mark Cuban decides to sell the team tomorrow, uh, maybe it'll be a few days before we come back on here. We still have to do our our second installment of upgrading the Mavericks. Because uh, we're going to do it on some big men like Rashawn Holmes and Miles Turner and all that good stuff. So we really appreciate it, guys. Y'all be sure to go leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. We're giving out T-shirts. All you got to do is just go uh, leave a review. Put your either your Twitter or your IG name on that review that you leave, and you're automatically entered for a chance to win a shirt. Uh, we've been... Giving these shirts out to everybody so you could be next. And it only takes about 10 seconds to leave the review. So be sure to do that. Guys, we appreciate it as always. Uh, Be sure to like, rate, and subscribe on all your favorite platforms. And hope you all have a great rest of the week and a great weekend. We'll see you next time. Let me step back for a minute. 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 Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.